1: Tennis.com podcast and here's your host, Ed McGrogan.
0: Hi guys, Tennis.com podcast here on a Friday. I'm Ed McGrogan talking with Steve Tigner and we're going to get into tomorrow's match which has just been settled. It is going to be Roger Federer and Novak Djokovic in the Dubai final. Obviously a rematch of their Australian Open semi where Djokovic beat Federer in straight sets a few weeks ago. Today, Federer beat Richard Gasquet, and um, Djokovic beat Thomas Burdich in the semis, so the one-versus-two final came to fruition. So, Steve, I just want to ask you, first off, before even getting to any of the matches, really, um, what do you think, I guess, is the importance or takeaway from what this match, what the result of this match is going to be? This isn't a slam, nor is it even a Masters event. It's just a 500. So I was just wondering what you think... Uh, you know, kind of what this means overall, no matter the result.
1: Yeah, it's so a 500. It's also a, a big appearance feat. 500, I always felt like Dubai was sort of half an exhibition. You kind of get that feeling through some of the matches so far. Um, but no, it's an important match. I think it's because, you know, it's a real match between these two guys. They play, seem to play all the time. But now, after the Australian Open and the way that Djokovic beat Federer, I think this takes on a little more urgency for Federer. He um you know, he has he in these smaller tournaments he's owned Djokovic, but now he's lost two straight grand slams. I I don't think he wants to lose to Djokovic again, even though this isn't a grand slam. Whereas for Djokovic, maybe not as important. Um, he's he has the big win for the year right now. Obviously he'd want to keep it going, but I feel like Federer will have will be more motivated to win this match and, and yeah. if he does if he does win then that's sort of Puts him back at least on, you know, equal terms going ahead with, with Djokovic. That gives him a win this year over him, and, and sort of lessens a little of the significance of of Melbourne, or at least gives him a little positive momentum going forward.
0: Yeah, I do think for Federer, especially with Indian Wells and Miami right around the block, it would be more important uh, just to get that sort of a. A recent signature win, like you said, and, and not coming off two straight tournament defeats, and and for Djokovic, I think with his win at the Australian and the way he did it, I just think he's sort of occupied a, a new piece of turf, I guess, on the on the tennis landscape. I think a lot of people have put Djokovic pretty much in the same, um, pretty much near Federer and Nadal, right in that elite group and there's no and there's little reason based on current form not to suggest it so i think it's interesting how he's going to be i guess defending that new sort of aura i guess about him he looked unstoppable at times in australia and um and so far he's even though he got away with a, a couple sort of spotty performances this week he's uh you know he's done just as well getting to this final too
1: yeah he hasn't looked that great he's Federer's has looked better Federer hasn't had a lot of Resistance. He's had, you know, three relatively routine matches. And Gasquet pretty much handed it to him at the end of this one today. Um, Djokovic has been much either rustier or he doesn't like these conditions as much. He looked he looked pretty. He had some of his usual physical problems in the heat today um, and didn't play well for for a set. But but I was um, I was impressed that he still managed to turn around. birch got hurt, obviously, but. But before that, Djokovic um, had really righted himself, and there didn't seem to be once he lost the first set. He lost the first set tiebreaker, seven-five. I had the feeling he was going to go away. It just was, you know, it wasn't his day. But he didn't let that happen, and that that shows a sort of you know what kind of confidence he's he has
0: right now. So that was a that was a pretty sort of a surprise turnaround for you. You thought that Burdich today was just it was just going to end up being you know his, his day after that first set breaker.
1: Yeah, Djokovic, you know, Birch looked like he was the better player in the first set. He deserved to win that, even though it was 7-5 in the tiebreaker. Djokovic had completely lost his backhand. It was, he he couldn't make it during the tiebreaker, Um, just three or four in a row. Um, Looked like he really didn't want to be there. Looked pretty out of sorts physically. And then to lose a close tiebreaker, I felt like that's, you know, this is the kind of second set that could go pretty quickly against him, but he didn't let that happen.
0: Yeah, no, and um, you're right. That would be sort of the cruelest way to lose and everything, but you're right, just turned it around there. And for Federer, like you said, um, this match just finished a few minutes ago. um, It it was kind of as, as per usual for the first set, Federer coming into this match faced three players that he'd never faced before, but none of them were what I would consider big threats to him and then against Gasquet he easily had his way in the first set second set it looked like it was going to go three Gasquet hands him a break when serving for the set and then looks even worse on his following service game and Federer even avoids the second set tiebreaker just really takes care of Gasquet um, and just kind of I guess re reestablishes pretty much everything you you might want to think about Gasquet and pressure moments, but it was Yeah, he had yeah.
1: Gasquet had come through in the round before against Simone serving serving for the match. It looked like he was gonna blow that and he came out and and won that game, but this time it was it was back to his old form. I feel like Federer is the most interesting thing that's happened to Federer at this tournament. We we hear how distracted he gets during during matches and loses concentration and has songs floating through his head and thinks about what he's gonna do for dinner after the match. That seems to be the kind of tournament it's been for Federer. He's been able to to lose concentration and still, he hasn't lost a set.
0: Yeah, so so I wonder for the final if, since maybe, I, I don't think either player you could say is coming into this final or this encounter between them with the same sort of uh, just momentum coming into Australia. Federer in Australia had the, the big runs before in the winter in the winter events and will great through the first few rounds. Djokovic obviously sort of hit a new gear in Melbourne, and I, I think since both of them, I think you might you might consider them a, a little under that level. Uh, I think there's a, I guess a greater chance for some ups and downs in this match. I just sort of feel like this this final tomorrow is sort of has maybe three sets kind of on it. I, I'm not really sure who who takes. I think Federer is a better form by now, but that might not you know that might not mean anything considering what Djokovic has done in the past few matches. That's, you know, that's something that he hasn't really answered yet. So I think it's three sets, but I don't know exactly the result. But what do you think maybe could come up tomorrow? Um, um, I, just... think,
1: I think the one important thing, yeah, Federer is in better form. But one important aspect or one thing to watch maybe is we've seen matches where Federer might come in in the past with better form, or favored against Nadal, and Nadal will win that match. Um, but we've always felt that Nadal was a little bit in Federer's head. Federer didn't have the same kind of confidence against Nadal that he that he does against everyone else. Is that going to be true against Djokovic? Is Federer is that win in Australia by Djokovic and the one at the U.S. Open? Is that going to play any role in how Federer thinks of this match and his matchup now with Djokovic? Is it going to make him? Is it going to make him doubt his ability? To beat Djokovic, we'll see. We'll see. That's one interesting aspect because on form he should win.
0: Yeah, that's that's one thing I think about Federer that we're going to see in the coming years. I was thinking about is we have not really seen Federer. He's so rarely the underdog in a match that you wonder how much he embraces. I, I not that I'm saying he's the underdog here, but it's definitely not a, a sure a sure handicap either way. Is how Federer embraces that underdog role maybe going forward once. You know, in the coming years, it's, it seems pretty likely that eventually he will be, uh, you know, the the clear underdog against against ex-opponent and or Y opponent. So, I'm going to see what happens when he's not the overwhelming favorite in matches. How he responds. I think a lot of people are kind of wondering that since he won his 15th Grand Slam, is just what is his motivation really in all this? Past 30 years old, etc. Yeah, I think the
1: motivation for the future is a big factor. And,
0: You there, Steve? Yeah, yeah, okay, I'm here. okay, yeah. I wasn't here for a little bit, but now, I'm here. Uh, yeah, we lost that. So, yeah, that'll be you know, all. So, I think there's some short term, there's some long term stuff that you can maybe take away from this match tomorrow. So, it should be a good one that's on at 10 a.m. on Tennis Channel, and uh, you know, that'll wrap up that tournament on a Saturday. A couple other tournaments actually end tomorrow, too. Uh, I just want to mention two quick ones first I just want to mention before we get into Doha and Wozniacki, since we didn't touch on her uh, earlier this week um, I got I gotta say Nicolas Almagro this is pretty Im- impressive winning two clay events in a row these are you know events that the top players might not necessarily be in but uh, he's actually looking to make it three in a row in in acapulco one of the venues that has been uh, not the best traveling destination lately for for players but a lot of a lot of people are still there and uh, he's looking to make it three tournaments in a row i don't know if you've caught any of that on, yeah, on TV yeah that's
1: that swing seems to bring out you know streaks i think almagro's won a couple in a row in the past and juan carlos ferrero won a couple or maybe even three in a row um on that south american swing a few years ago um but yeah almagro is he's like the top of the second tier of clay quarters i guess he's the he's the nadal of south america he um you know, he's a great player, and he just there is just something that he lacks consistency-wise. Um, it keeps him from, you know, say, winning the French Open, but put him in these tournaments, he's, and he's more explosive than, than most, of his, most of the guys he's going to face down there. But pretty good um, final four with uh and, and Dolgopolov also coming off his Australian Open, and that'll be interesting the semis and final down there.
0: Yep, they'll go up. Well, just beat Vavrinka last night, and uh, Ferrer the other guy in that final four. And um, and then let's just, since we didn't get a chance to touch on her before, Carolyn Wozniacki, new number one this week. She's into the final of Doha. She's going to get either Yankovic or Zvonnareva tomorrow. That match is going on right now. Um, pretty, as, as good a start as you could want from trying to slay the barrage of questions, everything she won. Uh, Dubai last week, and now Doha. Here, she's back into another final. So this is going to give her just more ranking points, I guess, to to keep it going. But you know, yeah, an impressive,
1: out- impressive um, comeback. You know, she left Australia pretty pretty crushed. She was she was in tears after that. She had a match point against Lee Na to make the final, and she didn't convert it. But then to come back and win Dubai without dropping a set—a tournament she's never even, had, never even been to the semis of before—and just the way that she beat Kuznetsova in the final, she. Um, she clearly decided that she needed to be more aggressive. It's the thing that people have been asking about her or whether, what she needs to do, and she, clearly she does need to do that. And she thought you know, she decided that to play Kuznetsova, who had been playing pretty well. She Wozniacki had to take over the points. and I don't think anyone would have expected her to do that against Kuznetsova, but she did. And she won that match really very easily. Um, Kuznetsova was awful as well, but... But she's but Wozniacki's continued that this week winning easily beating you know solid opponents very easily. She's you know Wozniacki's number one in the world. Kleisters is the player of the moment, I guess you could say. But right now it seems to be Wozniacki is still is improving and doing the things that you know that that people have been asking her to do to to become more assertive on the court.
0: Yeah, I didn't see her win. I didn't see her win over Bartoli today. It was six one six one. I I can't say if. Bartoli sort of played herself out of that one sort of maybe like Kuznetsova did or if it was just a reflection of Wozniacki trying to consciously get a more aggressive game plan going which I think I think you said we've seen the past couple of rounds in this tournament and the last one so so we'll see how that plays out tomorrow and then of course Federer Djokovic too in the morning uh, you'll have a, uh, a write-up on that later today later tomorrow So check back to the site for that, everyone. And uh, Steve and I and uh, everyone will be back next week as well for another podcast. So thanks for listening. Tune in again.
1: You've been enjoying Tennis.com's weekly podcast. Thanks for listening. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com.